0: Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning. It is the 9th of July, 2022. I'm Chris Lynch, and this is the Cape League Roundup podcast and the one year anniversary of it. Yeah, during the 2021 summer, I started this podcast as a uh, neat little project that I thought would be a cool way to track the goings-on of the Cape Cod Baseball League, and hopefully provide it in an entertaining manner to all of you lovely people out there. So yeah, we've been doing this for about a year. I didn't upload anything during the, uh, during, the se- during the off-season, but uh, during the year, we've been doing this every single day, and it's been a lot of fun to get to do all this stuff. So uh, let's begin with... The uh, theme of three of the games, which were the games that were played at Fields Without Lights, and also three games that took a really long time to play, and also three games that did not even get to nine innings. In fact, uh, we only ended up getting to seven in two of these games. So, yeah, let's get started with actually the game that went to eight innings, and the only one of these that was decisive and the Katuit Kettleers are struggling lately. The Kettleers lose to the Wareham Gateman 7-2, and this game was uh, this was not going Katuit's way from the very start of the game. Chase Davis scores on an Owen Diodati single in the top half of the first inning to make it 1-0. Wareham gets two more runs in the top half of the second inning, a double by Jack Housinger to bring home Callum Clark and a single by Chase Davis to bring home Jack Housinger, so by the way, a big, big, big day offensively for Chase Davis, the center fielder from Arizona, four hits, three runs scored, one run batted in, he was great, and Owen Diodotti, the left fielder, hailing from Oregon, from uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario, from you know, the good side of the falls, uh, two runs batted in on two hits as well, he had a great, great game No homers in this one, but doubles for a lot of different people. This was a pretty balanced Wareham offensive game. The win ends up going to their starting pitcher, Jonathan Brand, from Auburn. He throws the first five innings with three hits, no walks, no runs, and seven strikeouts. The loss goes to Kituwitz starter from George Washington, Harrison Cohen, who had his first kind of subpar outing on Cape. This season, he threw five innings, gave up seven hits, three runs, and no walks. All three of the runs were earned. He struck out six. Like his numbers are still going to look pretty good on Cape for the summertime, but he had one uh, not very good game. The DH for the Cadillacs Tyler Johnson from Coastal Carolina, had uh, two hits in this one. He drove in a run. He was your best offensive performer on the other side of the field. But and Katsuh had only got one run in the bottom half of the sixth, one run in the bottom half of the eighth. Wareham blew the game open in the seventh with three runs in that inning and one run in the eighth. That was a case of the Kettleers were kind of fine with not playing a ninth, so that they wouldn't have to trot one more pitcher out there and earn one more inning, and they take their loss. And they have been have been doing not very well. They've lost their last two in a row. They're four four and two in their last ten. A lot of their very good players are going home and getting ready for selection into professional baseball. So they've been scuffling lately again only four four and two and that run differential that at one point was plus 36 or 37 is down to plus 28 it's still the best in the league but a it's not by a mile best in the league and b uh it's pretty close like, it's right near the edge of it so uh right near like the yd is a plus 25 run differential we'll get to them in a moment but yeah to it has been having a tough time of it and wareham is starting to build some space between themselves and falmouth warehams won their last three games consecutively 10 11 and 3 for 23 points on the season they're 5 3 and 2 in their last 10 so they've gotten themselves into a pretty good spot so good work by wareham to get the win and now we get to the two games that were kind of egregious in how slow they were two games that went only seven innings yd and harwich first six to six was the final in this game in which both teams scored two runs in the first inning brock wilkin scored on a joe vetrano home run so we got some power in this one that's very nice jonathan long with a double to score homer bush jr and cole Carrick with a single to bring home jonathan long uh, by the way cole Carrick really had your best offensive game with three hits two runs batted in so that went very nicely the outfielder from san diego state center fielder in this particular game your best pitching performance goodness really nobody pitched that great uh the starters for both sides didn't have a great time of it grant taylor for yd three and a third six hits two runs no walks five k's um everybody except for the last guy who threw for yd gave up a run so i guess i have to say luke jewett the ucla bruin who threw the final inning in two thirds who gave up a hit one walk and three k's had the best outing and first guy out of the pen for Harwich, Hunter Hodges from Texas Christian. Two innings, no hits, no runs, two walks, two strikeouts. I guess he had the best go of it from uh, from the Harwich side of it. But really, the pitching was not exactly what you were here for. Oh, by the way, Brock Wilkin had two hits, two runs scored, including one of the uh, three home runs. Chris Newell and Joe Vetrano also hit home runs in this game. So the power was there for Harwich. Whitey had consistent offense and uh came up with some good plays as well, but this game took three hours and three minutes to play seven innings. That's atrociously, painfully long. Started right on the dot at 5 p.m., uh, lasted until 8.03, no winner in this one, just a couple people walking away with a somewhat disappointing tie. YD remains in first place by just one point over the Brewster Whitecaps. They're 4-4-2 in their last 10 games, so they only been okay uh, lately. And Harwich has a fair bit of space built up between them and Chatham. Four points worth, two games worth, and those are in the win column. They're 7, 12, and 5. So I guess that leads us to the Brewster and Chatham game. Also egregiously slow. Took two hours and 54 minutes to play seven innings of this one. Oh, also, the box score on the uh, on the game is a little bit misleading they started the eighth inning but it didn't actually come to a completion they stopped it in the middle of the eighth inning which by rule means that the uh, result reverts back to whatever it was uh, in the last completed inning so the results of that is we played seven and Brewster tied it with two runs in the bottom half of the seventh inning and had a chance for more that is how that ends up working itself out just this game was weird so the starter for Brewster, Carson Liggett, through the first four innings, he gave up five hits, four runs, three walks, and six strikeouts, and that was on a pair of two-run home runs by Caden Grice and Noah Ledford. Ledford, the first baseman from Georgia Southern, Grice played in right field in this game from Clemson, so that's kind of tough, how that ends up working itself out. Um, the starter for Chatham actually only ended up throwing the first inning of the game from TCU, and then he got hurt. Cam Brown left this game due to injury. He yielded to Roman Kimball from Notre Dame, who threw very well through the next three innings with one hit, one walk, and six strikeouts. And then the bullpen faltered for them. Uh, Ricky Williams from Clemson through the next two innings, gave up three hits, two runs, uh, two Uh, Both of them earned one walk and five strikeouts. And Brian Holiday, the uh, pitcher from Florida Southwestern State, through the last inning of the game, gave up two hits, two runs. Uh, Only one of them earned. He uh, gave up two errors, and he struck out two guys. Uh, The bulk of the rest of the pitching for Brewster was done by Jackson Nezu from Florida State. Throws three innings, shutout baseball, two hits, no runs. He walks one, he strikes out seven. He was really, really good in this one. As I mentioned, the two Chatham runs were scored in the second and third on home runs um, by Noah Ledford in the second and Caden Grice in the third, respectively. Brewster didn't get a run until the sixth inning when they really started playing and really got a rally going for themselves. Uh, So we start off David Mendon with a walk, moves up on a wild pitch. Taito strikes out. Logan Bravo with a hard line single. Chase Adkisson with a single to bring home. David Mendham, and then Parks Harbor from Georgia with a single to bring home Logan Bravo to make it 4 2. They had a couple of opportunities to get more runs home and couldn't do it. Um, Then in the seventh inning, two more runs cross the plate. Uh, Cameron Fisher with a triple to get things, to get the offense rolling, and then scores on a wild pitch. Uh, Fisher from North Carolina, Charlotte. And uh, David Mendham gets on after an error. They move him over with a double by Grayson Tetro intentional walk to Logan Bravo, strikeout for the second out of the inning. Then a pinch hitter, a wild pitch to bring home the second run, an intentional walk, and a strikeout of the next guy with the bases loaded and two out. The game ends in a four-four tie. Which, from the Whitecaps' perspective, you're looking at that and going, "Well, at least we didn't lose." And from the Chatham perspective, you're unbelievably disappointed in a game that you performed. Uh, well in early and faded as the game went along. Uh, Brewster is now 11, 8, and 5. They have 27 points. Chatham is in dead last in the whole league. 5, 14, and 5 for 15 points. They are 1, 6, and 3 in their last 10 games. So they have had a really, really bad go of it. And all three of these games could have actually finished up with the full nine innings if they had started, let's say, for instance, an hour early, But uh, if they had started at 4 p.m. instead of 5, then we could have played. But also, these three games were really, really slow. The other two games that we'll talk about in just a second, the Hyannis Falmouth game and the Orleans Bourne game, played nine innings in both of them. Um, Let me just run through these times again. It took three hours to play eight innings between Wareham and Kituin. It took three hours and three minutes to play seven innings between Harwich and YD at Red Wilson Field, and it took 2 hours and 54 minutes to play 7 innings, really 7 innings, between Chatham and Brewster. It took 3 hours and 6 minutes to play 9 innings uh, between Hyannis and Falmouth, and it took 2 hours and 45 minutes to play 9 innings between Orleans and Bourne. The shortest game of the day was one in which there were 9 innings played. I don't know how you do that exactly, but... um, Yeah, this sport is weird, and this league can be a little bit weird. Anyway, let's talk about the actual results on the field. Falmouth nearly had a great comeback, and it was really cool. Also, Falmouth's defense was terrible in this game. 5-4 is the final from Gov Fuller Field. Uh, Hyannis got off to a pretty good start early on. Falmouth surged back in the ninth inning, and they had an opportunity to come back in this one, and they just couldn't quite finish the job. Uh, The win ends up going to Hyannis' starter, Magdiel El Cotto, from Cotto, Cotto, I'm not sure, from Kentucky. He throws the first five and a third innings, gives up three hits, a run. He uh, walks one. He strikes out seven. He looks great. The loss ends up going to Chase Jeter from, originally from Sacred Heart, transferring to Bryant. He didn't play badly, if you will. Four innings, four hits, two runs, only one of them earned. Two walks and one strikeout. That's not bad. And then they bullpen the rest of their way. And it's worth noting, the Falmouth defense in this game was terrible. They committed four errors in this game. They gave up five runs and only two of them were earned. If you tighten up that defense just a little bit and only go off of what the earned runs were, Falmouth wins this game. But, you know, you have to actually play good defense and uh, it wasn't really there. Colby Halter had an error at third base. Uh, The catcher had an error. Josiah Cromwick, Morgan, and Drew Brutcher had two errors in right field uh, from South Florida. So that's just, that's really tough. And that gave the Hyannis opportunities to get more home. Um, yeah, that's that's really tough. Two hits for Justin Janis, the DH from Illinois, as really your biggest offensive output. Well, one of your biggest offensive outputs. is Dominic Patelli from Miami he went three for four in this game. He drove in a run. He didn't score a run in this one, but... He still had three hits in this one, so their biggest offensive output. And things got interesting late. Falmouth got one run back in the sixth. That made it a 2-1 game. Hyannis exploded for three runs in the seventh inning. Two of those runs they got across in the seventh inning were unearned. And errors on consecutive plays by Falmouth, which is just... That's eh, going to help you lose a ballgame really quickly. And Falmouth, to their credit, in the ninth inning, very nearly came back in this one. Drew Britchard hit a three-run home run in this one, and Alex Booney hit a home run as well. They had opportunities to come back, and they made a real fight of it right at the end. Uh, The save ends up going, however, to Jordy Allard from Northeastern. He throws to one batter. He gets that guy out. He strikes him out. And that's the game. 5-4 is the final for what's been one of the biggest turnaround seasons that the league has ever seen for Hyannis so far. I would very seriously throw some uh, consideration out. And in the event that Hyannis overtakes Katuit in the West for first place out there, I think you have to give Coach Batty the uh, recognition as the top manager in the Cape League if that happens. And you Hyannis has been surging lately. They've performed extreme, they're 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10 games. They're coming up right on Kituwit's heels and only three points behind a team who's losing a lot of people to the draft. Falmouth at 9-13-2. They are in last place in the West. They're three points behind Wareham, and that's just a a uh, tough spot to be. And one final game, the Orleans Firebirds played the Bourne Braves in Bourne, and Orleans won 6-4. to four. This was interesting. Orleans got three runs in the first and three runs in the eighth. Bourne got two runs in the fourth and two runs in the ninth. You, you scored your runs in bunches, and you just kind of hoped that it was uh, your turn to really start doing something. The win ends up going to the th- third guy to see the bump, Tommy Hopfee from Fresno State. He throws uh, towards the back end. He throws the 7th and 8th, 2 innings, 1 hit, 4 strikeouts, no walks. Uh, The loss goes to Bourne's starter, Ryan Fisher, from the New New Jersey Institute of Technology. 5 innings, 4 hits, 3 runs, all of them earned, walked nobody, struck out 6. It could have been worse. could have been better. But it definitely could have been a little bit worse as well. So that's tough. Um, Yes, so... The offense, as far as that is concerned, uh, Kevin Sim with a home run and Isaac Humphrey with a home run in the first attack on, as Nate Furman also scored in a Luke Kechel sacrifice fly. So that's pretty good. Uh, the other three runs that came across in the eighth inning were as follows a single by Nate Furman and an error by the center fielder bring home Jacob Stinson and Connor Burns. And Travis Honeyman scores an unearned run on a sacrifice fly hit by Kevin Sim. Those are your runs in this one. Yeah, that was the only unearned run that came off of the penultimate pitcher for the Braves, Justin Willis from UConn. Can't blame him for runs that are unearned. They are unearned, as it were. The way that Bourne got their two runs, two of them coming across in the fourth inning, Brennan Malone from Oregon with an RBI single to bring home Evan Slight, Rutgers guy, And then uh, Wyatt Hensler scores on a Carson-Rockefort double. So that's very nice. And the final two runs come across in the bottom half of the ninth inning to make it a two-run game and give themselves a chance to really score on this one. Chris Brito with a double that brought Carson Jones and Josh Moylan home. 6-4 ends up being the final. They just couldn't get anything else after that. Evan Slight strikes out. He had a very good game, though. He had three hits in this one, including a double. So uh, you just can't be lining up and saying, oh man, we should have come back when still down two in the ninth after we already got two runs across. You can't bank on that to try and win in this league. Bourne and Orleans are both third place in the west and east respectively. Bourne's at nine, nine, and six, 24 points. They're five points back of Hyannis. Orleans is at 10, 11, and three. They are four points behind the Whitecaps for second place in the east. Okay, so The games on tap for today everybody is in action and we do in fact have two more games at fields without lights we're in that weird time where people haven't started moving their games early so you kind of have to hope that these games get done relatively quickly so for uh the first one up is Katuit hosting harwich will be liam sullivan going for the mariners 2-0 from georgia and he's been extremely good a 1-1-7 era Uh, he threw in a 1-1 tie his last outing against chatham Five innings, a run, three hits, and eight strikeouts. He's been very good for Harwich. it doesn't have a probable listed. Uh, so next up, we'll have the Whitecaps hosting the Falmouth Commodores for one of the longest drives on Cape from field to field. Zane Morehouse is the probable for Brewster. He actually pitched against Falmouth for his first, and so far only outing on Cape. He threw four and two-thirds against the Commodores. Four hits, a walk, and four strikeouts. He was pretty good before he got in some trouble, and it ended up being a 0-0 tie in that one. Jerron Watts-Brown is the starter for the Commodores from Long Beach State, and he's had kind of a tough go of it this season. Uh, he won his last outing, but even then against Bourne, a 6-4 outing. Five innings, four runs, five hits, six strikeouts. He's got an ERA of 660. He's one in three on the summer, so he's had he's shown in, in outings that he's got some good stuff, but he's also had some tough moments as well. YD will be going to Wareham, the uh, Red Sox will be throwing Jared Lyons from George Mason, 2-1 and one on the season, and he had his first bad outing of the summer. Four runs, all of them earned. Three hits, three walks, three strikeouts in an 11-3 beatdown at the hands of these same Wareham Gate men who don't have a probable listed, by the way. Uh, Bourne will be facing Hyannis at Hyannis. Uh, Hunter Furtado will be going for the Bravos from Alabama, He was pretty good in his first outing. Didn't get a decision in a 3-2 win against Chatham. Four hits, two runs, a walk in three Ks and five innings worth of work. That's very good. And Jake Berry is the probable for Hyannis from Virginia. Three appearances. This will be his first start. He went four innings in relief against Harwich in a 2-0 win. Got the win in that one. One hit, no walks, and three strikeouts in that outing. So he's shown that he's got some real stuff. And we end with a late game at 7 p.m. at Chatham between Orleans and the Anglers. Donye Evans from Vanderbilt. Will be going for the Firebirds. He was very good his last time. He's been very good since he got to Cape. Three starts and he's got an ERA of zero seven five. The six foot six, two hundred twenty five pound big man uh, from Vandy. He is. Uh, he threw five innings in his last outing. Two hits, two walks, four Ks against Chatham in a one nothing win. So he's been very good since he got here. He'll be going against Alex McFarland from Miami, actually from the Virgin Islands. So, uh, that's an interesting spot to be from. He is, and play baseball. It's like, that's not a place that you would think of as a prototypical baseball hub. He's appeared in three games so far. He hasn't made a start yet, so he's been used as a relief arm. You can ask him to be a starter. He threw two innings in a one-nothing loss against Orleans his last time out. Didn't give up a run, gave up three hits, one walk, didn't strike anybody out, but he still got through it without giving up any damage. He still hasn't given up a run on Cape yet, so they're hoping that it can translate to being a good start or at least an opener for the, for the anglers because they need something to go in their favor. I've just had a rough time of it lately. That's it for this episode of The Roundup. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you enjoyed your time with us this morning, and in, we hope you get out and enjoy some beautiful, weekly baseball.